Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace You First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of Embrace You First. Today, we're talking about kinder ways to speak to yourself. And often patients will come in to see me and they'll have attempted a new habit and they're looking at their goals and their outcomes and they're really hard on themselves. I'll often say to them, how would you speak to yourself in a way if you were actually talking to your seven-year-old self, like your inner child? What would you say to yourself when you're seeing yourself from like almost like you're in a projector view, you're, you know, you're, the, you're behind the projector and you're seeing yourself on a, on a film um, and, you're, and, you're, and you're seeing you talking to your seven-year-old self. Wouldn't you be kinder to yourself if you had just attempted a goal um, or a new habit and you know, perhaps you haven't accomplished it? What would you say differently? You wouldn't say, you suck, you're fat, you didn't lose the weight you set yourself out to lose. You would actually just say, perhaps you would apply the growth mindset and you would say, you know, you tried really hard and you made, you made this goal happen and you, this habit was established and this outcome you know, occurred. Perhaps you lost one pound instead of four, but that's fantastic. You've applied the tools and you'd, you would just be so much more gentle, right, Mary? You would be so much more kind if you were speaking to your seven year old self. So when we are looking at uh, our outcomes, our successes, we really need to be more gentle, especially if you have that type A perfectionist kind of personality. And there are a lot of things about, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different uh, mindset shifts that we can have in order to reframe. So um, I don't know what you would say to yourself differently um, now, perhaps in a, in a goal that you've met, Mary, or even like if we take it that step further is, you know, what would you say differently to your seven-year-old self, perhaps even back then, but then even now, how do we do the self-talk to change that so that we're kinder right. to ourselves even now, right? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it's great. Yeah, like what would yes. you say to yourself differently? Like, in uh, let's start going backwards for a second. So like... Okay. Yeah. Like I, I want to just um, address this though, right? When you say, yeah. oh, what would you say to your seven year old self? Well, some people might jump in and actually say, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see outside of that, right? Yeah. No, I'm just being realistic because of the here. modeling system. It's true. Because, so we have to. Certain parents that didn't necessarily have parents themselves that knew how to speak kindly and gently. And, yes. So. And, mm-hmm. And, and so what I want to address with you is, you know, there's generational talk. Yes. And maybe it's time to put a stop to it. Maybe right. it's time to be conscious and aware that that is actually happening. 
because some people don't realize and they will speak to their seven-year-old self that same way because it's coming from their that learned behavior. So, you know, there's the whole nature versus nurture. And a lot of it is through how we are nurtured or lack of nurturing as a child. And it may not necessarily even just come from our parents or family, but it can come from our peers, teachers, uh, neighbors, like anybody that we would have close communication with. And sometimes not even so much, but yet they can have such a lasting impact and this imprint for ourselves. And we model ourselves after them. So when you say, how do you, would you speak to your seven-year-old self? I would add to that, how would you speak to your seven-year-old self in a more um, kind way? way that you have not been used to, right? Can you yes. actually even see that? Right. Does that make maybe sense? Maybe to heal, do some like healing work for your inner child that perhaps didn't get that nurturing as a child, right? Mm -hmm. so sure, I because some people will still do that, right? Like even with their own children, they'll say, oh, well, you know, suck it up. <laughs> they go, you got a boo-boo, who cares? <laughs> right? And, and so it's acknowledging the boo-boo saying, oh, I see that you hurt yourself. I'm sorry that you hurt yourself. Is there anything I can do? So yeah, it's like showing love and kindness instead of just suck it up. You know, it's like another boo-boo, who cares? Yes. And in the moment yes. you do that, your, your child softens themselves because they've been acknowledged that they had the boo-boo. And there's nothing really that's going to be different. Maybe you asked, do you need ice, right? Like, do you need comfort? Mm -hmm. And then it, they move on so much faster compared to just yes. suck it up, right? Yes. They want, yes. They'll try and buy so, for your attention in a different way. Yeah. And, and so sometimes I think for that person to go into that seven-year-old self-conversation, it might actually be, how would you speak to someone else's seven-year-old? Yeah. Because yes, when we're true. removing ourselves, yeah. like, don't you find like that sometimes when we're closer into the conversation, we get more triggered and then we might not put our best selves forward as well, yeah, right? Yeah, it's you almost can talk like to you're... a stranger better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're being, you know, there's a little bit of judgment. You just worry that you're going to be perfect with somebody else's child. And yeah, so you could work towards definitely uh, speaking to yourself in a manner that you would be speaking to somebody else's. You're maybe your niece, <laughs> you know, your, your seven-year-old niece, right. right? Yes, yes. You would not so, and say, then, <laughs> no, fast. no way. You suck. No. You're not doing well enough, right? No, absolutely right. not. Absolutely. No, no. no. <laughs> you wouldn't want that from the sister-in-law or the brother-in-law, like seeing you, what are you doing? That would cause a lot of problems. So you would instead, you would be kind and soft and gentle and you know, we, we have the ability to thrive. We don't need to live in fear and, and with this like, you know, self-imposed judgment, um, you know, so it's really, it, it is such an easy tool that you can do to do some inner healing. Just think back, what did your parents perhaps say to you? Maybe because they were coming from a place of fear of lack of time. And so they just wanted you to just do so they could go to work and, you know, uh, maybe like monetary money was an issue or perhaps their parents, you know, would use the wooden spoon and to get you to do things. And so now they're instead they're using words because I think even generationally, like there was less of that, right? Like my parent, my yes. mom, maybe there was a little sure. spanking happening, but nowadays we have to use words and not that's, you know, it's like child abuse. If you're spanking, 
Um, so it's like, how do we go further than that? Like, why do we need to spank? Like, that's almost like the adult losing control and having an adult's temper tantrum that they're not getting their child, you know, to, to respond in a manner that they want. So then they use, you know, perhaps they're using negative speak or they're raising their voice, but really when you're raising your voice, are you really getting your child to listen better? Absolutely Never. not. Right. Never, <laughs> never. No. And, and, but we do that and we have that self-talk and, and, you know, partly it can be cultural as well, you know, and, and even though culturally it may be okay, but really, is it okay down to the root? Probably not. Most no, of the time it, not. Does it lead to a beneficial outcome? Does it help us to say negative things to our kids, to ourselves? that negative self-speak? You know, I remember watching The Secret years ago and they talked about this. Like if you're, you know, just over and over repeating the words like, I hate you, I hate you, right? Like sending something negative, then you're going to start, your body's going to respond to that in a negative way. But if you're like, I love you, I love you, you're beautiful. And, you know, you're beautiful yes. as you are, right? Like you're, you know, on your journey, forget the end goal. We've talked about this before. Don't worry about the end goal. Just love yourself as you are right now. Yes. Embrace and no matter how you show now. up. No matter how oh, you show up, right? right. Because, uh, you know, oftentimes there's a self-talk. It's like this. I'll love myself if. I'll right. love myself when. I'm mm -hmm. a success when I accomplish this, when I reach my goal. But yet when you reach your goal, you're still not happy because then it's like you're on to the next thing. Like it's never enough. So it's like we need to satisfy ourselves and come from a happy place right now from within, not through external cues or right. external approval. Yeah, I don't know how you were as a, as a young, like let's say high school student, for example, I remember getting 89% average and being so disappointed that I didn't get 90% average for my OACs, like the grade 13 version of uh, back then was OAC and uh, announced we go to grade 12. But anyhow, so it, it was like, why do I need that? Like if I were to go back to myself, you know, even prior to high school and just said, I mean, it was self-imposed. My mom didn't say, you know, oh, you have to get good grades. It was more like I just had this self-perfectionist need to please all kind of attitude in order. I thought that in order to please her, I need to get 90%. But really, if I spoke back to myself, I would have just said, you know, whatever effort, it's just the effort that you're putting in matters. And the mistakes that you're making is what's going to, you know, yield a positive outcome because you're learning from your mistakes, right? Yes. Well, so just like that. Mm -hmm. The growth mindset, like that you are always getting better. Don't worry about you not necessarily being as good as you want to be in this moment, but you're going to continue to progress. You might not be the best artist, but you're becoming a better artist and you're not the best artist now. Anyway, let's say you have an amazing, um, you know, a, a child who's like so phenomenally uh, particular and perfect at their art. If you just said, oh, you're so fantastic that this is so amazing and your, your artwork is, you know, it's to be so proud of right now, then you're not really saying um, you're getting better, right? So like that whole growth mindset, your, your artwork is amazing and it continues to get better and better. So I, I would have said those, I would have changed how I spoke to myself in a way of saying, you know, look at how good you are doing now and you're continuing to get better just so that there's constantly something to look forward to, like a goal right. so in progress mind. And goal. Progress. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you say that because I, I also was a... Um, competitive student and um 
the self-talk really was, I'm, I'm not enough, no matter what I did. And that was perpetuated through self-talk, but it was initiated through, you know, probably from a very young, as a young child. And I was always the, the top of my class. And yet it was just not enough because the focus was, you know, where is that one, you know, if you get 99 out of 100, it's like, where is that one? So it's always that lacking, you know, coming from a place of lack. And I probably, this is might be probably why we're so drawn to the point of embrace you first, because it's like, we were and looking at cup half full versus half empty, right? That's so important to the both of us, because our whole lives, it sounds like we're looking at the parts that we did not fulfill that 1% yes. or that 10%. Yes. And so it's going back and saying, no matter where you're at, like, it's awesome. And guess what? You know what? If there, number one, there's no such thing as perfection. So if you're trying to raise the bar and compare yourself to perfection, it doesn't exist. It's unrealistic. And then number two, it's like, what you've done is freaking awesome. And let's celebrate that. And, yes. and, what is so awesome about that too is like, it's great to be perfectly imperfect because if you are perfect, life is freaking boring. There's nothing else to go towards. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yes. Perspective is everything. And, and so you don't want to be, mm -hmm. yeah, right. And you don't want to just be left with, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, That's it. I'm perfect. Right. right? The life is more. And, and you know, what is like, you've seen the graphs, like the cardio, cardiograms, where you see the, the heart um, uh, beating up and down, right, on, on the machines. So if it's just steady and perfect, like it's like flatlining. You're not living. Right. I would teach my seven-year-old self what I learned in my favorite course in my entire life was the Vipassana meditation course where they taught not to reject negative and not to crave only good just be at peace with, you know, even just in, as regards to pain. Like if you have pain, it's like, it's just acknowledging that it's there, knowing it can't last forever. Cause like you're saying, it comes in waves, right? So you're not always going to have pain. There'll be different levels of pain. There'll be different levels of good, pain-free. It's kind of just learning to sit where you are in kind of an acceptance. It doesn't mean that you're not going to look towards mm -hmm. happiness, but for, for if you're able to experience sad, you're able to experience happiness that much more, yes. right? And not fighting bad and sad and just being able to even cry. Like I, I just, even growing up, I always just thought crying was such a bad emotion to have, like just to, or to be sad and to cry, like the, 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 the reaction to the sad was something that I should be hiding. I think I would just tell my right. seven-year-old self that it's okay to cry and it's okay to yes. be sad. Don't fight it. Just be with it. And Sit with it. Yes. I love this because, and I'm actually going to add in then all emotions because yeah. we don't, so this is what we're, you know, to be human is to experience and express all emotions. Some that we revere and love and that, we, you know, thrill seekers love, you know, joy and happiness. Of course, we, don't we all love it, right? But, you know, years ago, I remember one of my teachers saying, there's an imbalance if all you feel your whole life is joy and happiness. And I'm thinking, how is that so? <laughs> I, I, I did not comprehend it in that moment. I'm like, why wouldn't you be happy all the time? Why, 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 yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't we want to be happy all the time? 
I was that person. I was like always happy. I was like that, you know, um, if you want optimism, come to Mary Wong, right? Like outside of my personal self. So it's funny, right? My self-talk is like, I'm not good enough, but yet I exude, Mm. you know, positivity, like like to the nth degree. The reality is that we do need to express and it's healthy to express and feel all of our emotions, which includes all the uncomfortable ones with the fears and the worry and the anger and the frustration and grief and sadness, all of that part of this, uh, you know, five elements. And when we don't express it and feel it and, or, or we just shove it down because we're uncomfortable with it, or we have shame about around it, or it's not considered acceptable emotions for a lot of cultures, right? So we end up shoving it down. And that's energy that gets suppressed. And in Chinese medicine, we know that, you know, we want everything to be free flowing. There should be free flowing energy that communicates with every cell in our body. And, and when it doesn't, and we, we suppress our emotions and it gets compressed into our cells, that is cause for imbalance. So whether it is, you know, hormonal health to like musculoskeletal pain to things like infertility or gut issues, like all of that. In Chinese medicine, we say that the root of all evils are all ails really ties to that internal causative factor, which is our emotions. Yes, we all know and relate to the tangible stuff, like how we eat, how we exercise and don't exercise, how we're exposed to toxins environmentally, all that. Yes, it plays a part into our health, but I find that gets what gets lagging behind is, is you're not acknowledging of is that whole emotional psycho-emotional component that gets locked into our bodies. Yes. I love that you're bringing this up and I would actually really enforce that to my seven-year-old self too, that your emotions can manifest into physical symptoms. There's something we talk more about now, like you're saying, but it's still dismissed as, as valid in a lot of cases. And even as an example, you know, people get stomach ulcers, you know, that traditional Chinese medicine is the stomach and spleen that transform and transport foods and fluids. And the emotion associated with that is pensiveness and worry and anxiety. And if we just suppress that and, and, and don't recognize it, then we might even think we're having a heart attack when really it's like a stomach ulcer yes. from all that worry, right? Yes. And yes. so it's just acknowledging the worry and maybe trying to sit peacefully without always thinking and sitting, you know, uh, just just telling your yourself that it's it's okay to have the worry. You know, it's I mean, the the, the worry is we're like kind of innately driven to worry, right? Like, I mean, if you look back, like you take a step further back and prehistoric or or maybe not prehistoric, but like stone age time, we're like sitting around by the fire, hunter gatherers, and we're always on worried we're going to get like eaten or or attacked by a bear or tiger. And so like our our brains are innately wired to think negatively and to worry and to sit in fear. So it actually takes effort to be positive to, 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 you know, and then that it's okay to worry. Like I would even tell my seven-year-old stuff, you know, it's okay that you worry, but you don't have to worry. You could change your perception of things, right? Like you can actually right. work towards, you know, just, well, right? Like a little bit, yeah. right? I mean, I, I, and I would add in then, you know, too, because you're bringing back to the prehistoric times or whatever. And so it is to be human. The, the, these are core emotions, mm-hmm. right? So kids are born with these emotions and they get expressed, right? So, and in fact, I would 
then add in. So the worry is part of our survival mechanism. If there is zero worry in the world, there is no strategy in place when that lion comes along. Like you actually need to have a strategy and run, right? So it's yeah. like, hmm, let's contemplate. Let's let's be a little pensive, think about it, and let's have something like, you know, maybe we need to build a shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sure that lion's going to outrun me. Right. I don't want to be eaten. So right. let's have some such strategy in place. So it is healthy and normal to have every emotion. It yes. serves a purpose. It, uh, we just run into trouble when we just suppress it or, you know, are with it like indefinitely. Like we need an, a way to express it. And, you know, I love it that you brought in um, about the stomach ulcer thing and how it becomes real and it gets manifested because I'm going to speak to you uh, from a very direct re- example from my child who had a sleepover at my do- my mom's. And when I said, well, why don't you want to sleep over then again? And, you know, at first it's like, you know, you say, come on, don't be so silly. Right. But then it came out. She's like, every time I go, I wake up with a stomach ache. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I said, so do you know why you get a stomach ache? My tummy, you know, she'll say tummy, my tummy hurts. Right. So why would you get a tummy ache? She says, well, because I miss home. Right. So Mm. if we listen to that seven year old self and actually let that seven year old express the concerns and the fears. So this child literally has worries so much so that it gets expressed into a tummy ache. It's already manifesting physiologically. So I'm so grateful that we were able to get to this point where we can actually articulate and she expressed it. And I told her it was okay. And my mother, she was so cute. She says, Zoe, you know what, that's really great that you feel the uh, worried because that means you really care and that you really love your home. <laughs> right. Oh, so sweet. Right? So it's reframing. Yeah. Yes, and it so is. We don't know from that one interaction if it's now going to help her for future so that she does not develop that stomach ulcer that could possibly become as an adult. Right. right. So she's acknowledging her emotion. Yes. Just to be able to acknowledge the emotion that is not bad to feel. And also just on that night note, it's okay to say no. Right. Yes. Like one of the things that when you're that, you have that perfectionist kind of mentality, you want to please everybody. So maybe she would, you know, if she kind of follows suit in your personality, she might say, okay, mommy, well, I'm just going to go. But just teaching her that, you know, it's okay to say no right? It's okay. You don't have to please. You're not pleasing mommy and grandma by sleeping there. It's actually okay to say, no, you, you have a choice, right? And empowering them with a choice. So I think like, unless you, unless it's a must. There was a must, there was okay. a must. And, but then yeah. how do you address that? So, yeah. and we were able to, cause I, cause she did mm. say no, no, mm-hmm. no, I can't go. I'm going to get a tummy ache. And then the school's going to send me off, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's, but, but when we addressed it, Mm-hmm. And actually named it and called it and then acknowledged it and that it's okay. Then she softened and then it became a yes. Right. Yes. So, right? Some so really- I, I, I totally agree though that yes, we need to learn to say no at a younger age for sure. Yeah. But then there's the no. <laughs> yeah. Distinguishing that, right? Totally. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> so we want you to ask yourself, how would you speak to your seven-year-old self 
in terms of your uh, outcome, from your goals you've set out for yourself, and just speak more kindly. We want you to just ask yourself, would you change how you speak to yourself? If it was maybe not your seven-year-old self, but your seven-year-old niece, like, would you change (laughs) how you speak to yourself? And if the answer is yes, then that might be something you can do to reframe and, you know, exude more positivity for yourself in as you make your way through um, embracing you first and setting out new goals and then um, new outcomes and being okay with just the journey rather than focusing so much on the end outcome. So then on that note, you know, let's make it really tangible for people. So as you're listening, as you're watching, you know, get your journal out, piece of paper, whatever, and just actually sit and take a moment, five minutes and write down what you would actually say. And it doesn't have to be like this verbose thing because we're like verbose, but, you know, (laughs) just take put in like, you know, five things that you want to say to yourself that could be kinder, that could maybe make a difference. Absolutely. And before we end off, yeah, let's have you um, share about what fills your cup today, Dr. Tanya. So I love music, as you know, and I wasn't today, but this week I wrote a poem and I turned it into a song and it just you know, it just made me, I'm not going to sing it, I'm not, I'm not, not right now, because um, I actually don't remember all the lyrics, but it's, I haven't done that for a long time, and I was just inspired to do so, and I just love, um, you know, always having something to look forward to, that's why we do this little share at the end, so if you've let go of a little um, artistic ability, maybe you paint, you're a painter, or you play violin, or whatever it is you sing, try to do a little bit more of that because it really does ignite this like happiness chemical in your brain. So for me, that was what I did. How about you, Mary? Well, for me, um, when I was doing yoga this morning, so sometimes I'll go through because, you know, in in the land of um, virtual stuff, everybody is going online, using your computer, using their cell phone to like even watch exercise videos, right? So (laughs) I was doing yoga through, um, you know, YouTube. And today I just loved not doing it. I just loved doing my own yoga, Ah, which was a blend of, it was a blend of my own personal movement. So it was a blend of Pilates and yoga and Tai Chi and Qigong all at once. And it just felt so nice. And it's not like, you know, confined or, you know, looking at this person in front of me and trying to copy them and trying to do it perfect, right? It's just like, no, let's just do it what feels good in my body. So that totally filled my cup today. Amazing. Thank you so much for watching. We look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself how you're going to embrace you first today. For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.